Snap Studios. I love a parade. The tramping of feet. I love every beat I hear of a drum. America loves a parade. Whether it's Thanksgiving. How did you like seeing Snoopy? Was that cool? Or Pride. Happy Pride, guys. Happy Pride. Or even Hemingway Day. Ernest Hemingway lookalikes took to the streets of Key West yesterday for... We love to get out in the streets and tell a story. Because every parade is a story. A story about community. About the connections in that community. About what the community values. And each new generation gets to choose which parts of the story they're going to tell and which parts they're going to change. But today, on Snap Judgment, we send two of our producers, John Fasile and David Exime, to cover a centuries-old tradition and the fight to keep it alive and save it from itself. Snap Judgment. Philadelphia. No city celebrates New Year's like Philly. Because in Philadelphia, New Year's Day is Mummer's Day. We out here rocking with the Mummers. We from Philly. It ain't nothing else better to do, baby. The streets of Philadelphia explode with color and music and dance. Sequins, ruffled feathers, parade floats. It's like one week of Mardi Gras condensed into a single day. I'm John Fasile. I grew up going to this parade. And I'm David Exume. I'd never seen the Mummers. Maybe it's because I'm from Jersey. Everybody, and I mean everybody I have talked to, is either a Mummer, is like one degree removed from the Mummers. Trying to explain what a Mummer is, is really hard. They're kind of like clowns, except they look stunning as they dance down Broad Street in their shiny outfits, some of them with these like big, ornate back pieces. The parade is divvied up into different sections, right? Like the mummers in string bands, uh, which you're hearing behind me right now, play saxophones, banjos, and other instruments while executing choreographed routines. There's a division that does comedic sketches, a division that does Broadway-style musical productions. They're all competing to win prizes in their respective categories. And this being a New Year's parade, there's a lot of day drinking. Well, morning drinking, really. Early morning drinking. It's literally 8 a.m. The streets are littered with beer cans. And all the way back to the 1600s, this is how Philadelphia has rung in the New Year. Before getting involved with vaudevillains, I just thought that, okay, you're, you're born into it, and that's how you get in, become a mummer, and you're just, like, there. But obviously, like, that didn't happen to me, and it didn't happen to Melissa. The Vaudevillains Brigade, part of the comics division, performs satirical sketches about issues affecting Philadelphians. We're going to present these serious topics with our homemade costumes and this, like, bizarre narrative. 
Al San Valentin is one of the captains. I identify as non-binary, and Bodmelons was actually the first place where I felt safe enough to be like open and give my pronouns and feel validated. This brigade is artists, academics, servers, bartenders, nurses, teachers. Melissa McNair is Al's co-captain. And it's a space where everyone is truly allowed to be themselves. They've done performances about education, funding, infrastructure, but, you know, they make it fun. Sticking it to the powers that be, very much a part of Mummer's Day. So, for example, for education funding, we had a school of fish. Mm. Look at those sea creatures. And we had teachers. Teacher beavers. Who were beavers. <laughs> They're doing a, a school theme. It's called school. And then there was like a, a toxic sludge that was kind of right now, metaphorically cutting off the funding yeah. to the school of fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See what you did there, schools of fish. <laughs> In a way... Al and Melissa represent the new vanguard of the Mummers Parade. The millennial and Gen Z Philadelphians hoping to make the parade their own. Spending New Year's Day with uh, 75 people who you love is pretty special. Mm -hmm. We are all usually in tears. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We're usually in tears by Pine Street. (laughs) But... Standing on the street on Mummer's Day 2022, one thing was pretty obvious. At least to okay. me. I don't see a lot of people that look like me in the parade. And I was wondering if you right. could that Right, yeah, I was saying that too. I seen a few, not many. That was, I ain't gonna lie, that was, my, that was one of my first thoughts. Like, where is the black people? Now, did you all grow up in Philly? Yes, it, yes, yes. yes. Did y'all attend the Mummers Parade uh, as kids? Did you ever see it as kids? Yes, we did. We went to talk to members of the Philadelphia Elks Lodge. Ivy Palmer, Frank Wright, and Greg and Keith Freeman. The Elks are a Black fraternal organization in North Philly. What about when we were younger? Was there any interest in the Mummers then? Who, me? No. No. I think that's that's what we're trying to get at with this thing is... You can't get enthused for something that, for years, you didn't think you were part of. So why the blackface? Because I like it. Why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? Some mummers wearing blackface is stirring up controversy. If you're not from Philadelphia and you know about the Mummers Parade, it's probably because you heard a story like this. I know it's a shame to be white in Philly right now. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame. For those who can't see it, this is news tape of two mummers being interviewed on the street wearing blackface. And stuff like this happens at the Mummers Parade not infrequently. There have been routines in recent years mocking undocumented immigrants. I think we see space aliens and then illegal aliens. Native Americans. Tomahawk chop, they charge. You dig into the history and it just gets more fraught. I mean, blackface was officially a part of the parade until 1964. That's because the Mummers bit a lot of their style from minstrelsy. Even the parade's theme song is a minstrel tune. Then you wonder why blacks don't want to be involved with the Mummers? Who wants to be involved with nonsense like that? 
Ivy Palmer from the Philadelphia Elks showed us a black and white picture of the O.V. Caddo String Band, the last all-black mummers string bands to compete in the parade. They got tired of coming in the last place. So they disbanded from being in the mummers in 1929. Philadelphia is one of the most segregated cities in the country. And the parade's origins are in historically white South Philadelphia. We weren't too much welcomed in South Philly. That was that was the area you just didn't go to. Yeah, when they come down this part of Broad Street, North Philly, we'll go. <laughs> Over the past 30 years, Philadelphia has gone from a majority white city to a majority city of color. And attendance at the Mummers Parade has plummeted. The parade's route has been shortened again and again. The Mummers Parade is on life support as Mayor Jim Kenney rebukes the Mummers organization with his strongest terms yet. And after those two Mummers were interviewed in blackface, the mayor of Philadelphia threatened to cancel the whole thing. Like he was ridding the city of a long-tolerated nuisance. For me, I think that the work that needs to be done needs to be done with the people who participate in the parade and not against them. Melissa from the Vaudevillains believes that all mummers, including those behind the offensive performances, need to be a part of the solution here. I think that's the way to move things forward, to have a parade that everyone can enjoy and that everyone can feel safe in. And that's much easier said than done, but I think it's worth at least trying. There are eight to 10,000 mummers in the parade. And we talked to dozens of them for this story, including division leaders, string band captains, mummers whose families have been in the parade for generations. Like a 15-year-old boy who leads one of the string bands and inherited the job after his dad passed away. Everyone we talked to spoke about the need to keep these hurtful and derogatory displays from hitting the streets and to make the parade more inclusive. I either wanted to fix this parade or, or kill it it means too much to me and it's too powerful. You know, it's like, it's too much of a, of a defining characteristic of Philadelphia to be a bad thing. You know, I want it to be better or I want it to go away. This is artist Jesse Engard. He's one of many who have set out to change this parade, to make it as inclusive as everyone wants it to be. And here's the thing. He actually kind of succeeded. This all started over a decade ago. In 2010, Jesse formed a group called the Rabble Rousers with a bunch of friends he was living with in a warehouse. Everybody made their own costumes and, you know, it was just hot glue and scissors. We had like long nights, you know, every weekend for months, coming up with ideas, like making it funnier and funnier and funnier. And they came in hot. They won first prize in the comics division for a skit that showed city politicians scrapping the Liberty Bell for cash. Just to make their budget make sense, and so we melted down the Liberty Bell. But in 2013, that same year that Jesse took first prize, he heard about another performance by the Furco String Band. Like, after I saw that video, I was just, I was like, how am I part of this? So... It, music was the deciding factor behind the uh, uh, minstrel theme. Anthony Salenza Jr. was the captain of the Furco string band that year. The title of their performance was 
bringing back the minstrel days. The entire band wore dark face paint while Anthony sang Al Jolson's My Mammy in front of a giant mirror. We weren't insulting anyone. We were paying tribute to some of these great entertainers. We were doing what they did. This guy going to try to justify them putting on blackface because they that's how they used to do it. Ivy Palmer from the Philadelphia Elks has seen the video too. It wasn't all right then, so what makes you think it's all right now? The band's faces were painted purple and orange, technically. But otherwise, all the hallmarks of minstrel costumes, the white gloves, the ruby red lips were all there. I mean, they were hoisting cutouts of the Jim Crow in the air behind them. To Jesse Engard, the message was clear. I don't care if it's purple blackface, it's still blackface, you know? It's like, yeah, I know it's a swastika, but, you know, it's, it's purple, you know? So it's not a swastika, is it? I couldn't just walk away at that point. I, I, had to, I had to do something. When we return, Jesse tries to fix a parade that he loves. How do you undo centuries of tradition? Who mums the mummers? Snap judgment. Welcome back. When last we left, a blackface routine in Philadelphia's Mummers Parade made mummer Jesse Ingard say, Enough. Things have to change. But Jesse, Jesse can't do it alone. Jesse immediately reached out to the leaders of the different mummers divisions. I just made a few simple calls to to change the judging, like to punish, you know, racist skits more harshly and to, you know, educate people who don't understand. His message was simple. Your parade is going away if you keep allowing this type of stuff. The parade leadership knew this was true. They wanted to protect their tradition as much as anyone. We need to be like, as mummers leaders, you know, we need to be like reaching out, making people know that they're welcome and like giving them a place in this parade. So they said that they were looking to bring the uh, LGBTQIA plus community back to the mummers parade. So the mummers helped put together the Miss Fancy Brigade. A group of drag queens. Uh, well, my name's Ian Morrison. I um, am better known as um, Brittany Lynn, like a Philadelphia drag queen here, uh, born and raised in Philly. And in 2015, Ian and the Miss Fancies were asked to lead the entire parade. You know, how could I say no, like to represent the city on such a big scale? It's their biggest parade. For me, it's for all of the... LGBTQIA people that are unable to be their full selves, questioning youth, non-binary children, like adults that aren't able to come out, for them to see us on TV that's broadcasted everywhere for New Year's Day, that's the big push why I wanted to do this, for visibility. That year, the parade's route had been changed again due to declining attendance. They put us in the very front so we could face the angry people first. 
hundreds of pissed off mummers decided they would march the old route, which went in the opposite direction from South Philly towards City Hall. You know, we just came around City Hall. There's cheers, there's this and that. And I see these, this, the brigades from the other side walking the opposite way. And these were a type of mummers called wenches. They're unruly, hard drinking. And they wear silky dresses while holding parasols. They're kind of frightening, actually. I, you know, we all kind of like grabbed hands and kept marching, and they start crossing the street. You know, what's going to happen here? I was like, this is that moment. This is like the Stonewall moment. You know, I, I said to all the girls, does everybody look in your purse and get out what you got to get out to help? <laughs> you know what I mean? Anybody got like a knife who's got like the brass knuckles, like it was coming down to that. For a moment, there was a standoff between the two groups. Then one of the wenches stuck out his hand. We really want to uh, thank you, you know, for what you're doing. You know, you're really keeping this parade alive, and we might not agree on the route here, but we appreciate you guys and what you're doing to keep this tradition going. You know, and they all took pictures, you know what I mean? It was like, it was such a moment of relief that I wasn't going to be on the news fighting somebody with my wig on. When the wenches are out there in the street embracing change, that says a lot. The next year, 2016, was a big one. Because the mummers were now required to attend sensitivity training. Satire and the rules of satire. We're going to start with talking about rule number one. Punch up. Comedian Jennifer Childs delivered one of these trainings in character as a YouTube persona, Patsy from South Philly. 1901, 1910. You can't say hell. You can't say damn. You can't say holy G because it sounds too much like holy Jesus. And you can't say cockeyed or cockababy or cockatoo or cockatiel or cock nothing. But you could call people mix. You could call people wops. You could call people krauts. In fact, that was the comedy of the day. Cut to now. You could say hell. You could say damn. You could say caca, whatever you please. But those ethnic slurs, you can't say that anymore because it's offensive. It was pretty funny to to see that because there was a lot of resistance and it was kind of people felt like they were being punished by being made to learn about other people's feelings. Now, when you hear sensitivity training, it's almost like implying that, well, you're not sensitive, so you need training to be sensitive. And so it's like immediately this like invoke this like defensiveness. Al and Melissa from the Vaudevillains didn't think the trainings went far enough. Right, because if participants in the parade aren't understanding harm that's being caused, then there's nothing... You're not going to convince them not to do it. You're not going to convince them not to do it, and they're not going to learn from it. But that wasn't the only step that was taken in 2016. The Mummers decided to go all in on inclusivity and show everyone that the parade wasn't just for straight white people from South Philly. And I was like, okay, this is, this is going in a good direction. That year, Jesse Engard helped bring a whole bunch of different groups into the parade. I wanted to invite the Puerto Rican group, Los Bomberos de la Calle. I wanted to invite uh, the steel drum band that I met. Some steppers from North Philly. 
I wanted to invite the Carnivaleros to be a part of it. Can you tell me a little bit about what we're seeing right now? This is a, this is a, a parade we're doing here. David um, Pina is head of the San Mateo Carnivaleros. This is from the French army, and this is a Mexican. Every year, he organizes a huge Cinco de Mayo parade with live music, where participants dress up and reenact the Battle of Puebla. Red, green, and white color. It's a lot like Mummers Day. Which is exactly what David thought the first time he saw the Mummers. You know, my dream, there was like one day to be part of them, you know, marching over there with my group, my costumes, my, uh, you know, my tradition. So when Jesse reached out to him about joining the Mummers, David was floored. I say, wow, (laughs) you know, I was like very surprised about it. He knew about the racism, but here was an opportunity to perform his tradition for all of Philadelphia and on TV. They give us a chance. They give us an opportunity to be there. So why not? The idea about it was to celebrate Philadelphia's diversity. Ian Morrison and the Miss Fancy Brigade were put together with these new groups in one division that was called the Philadelphia Division. You know, for all of Philadelphia. And it was made up of all of the groups that didn't really fit into any of the other categories. So what it really was was all of the minority groups. Drag queens, steppers, people reenacting the Battle of Puebla all lumped together. They, like, put them at the beginning of the parade, which no one watches, and, you know, put them in a separate division that was, like, apart from everything else. And I was like, all right. It wasn't exactly what Jesse Engard had pictured. They failed by, like, not giving them scores and calling them not mummers and disqualifying them from the parade. The judges had decided that the Philadelphia division wouldn't be eligible for prizes like other groups. Still, they got glowing reviews, and the spectators loved it. Okay, so mission accomplished. All the groups in the Philadelphia division could head home and just kick back. We had already um, finished marching at that point, so we were just at at one of the bars, like, having a good time, and when my phone started blowing up, Two city councilmen were calling Ian. We're so sorry about what's going on, and I had no idea. Over the phone, the two city councilmen apologized to Ian for a transphobic skit by the Finnegan New Year's Brigade about Caitlyn Jenner. And I'm not going to describe it for you. Just give it a listen. Jesse Angard quickly heard about it. They, like... Absolutely dehumanized Caitlyn Jenner for having, like, a surgery. Videos of a mummer screaming a homophobic slur also made it online. And in Philadelphia's neighborhood, a man was assaulted. John Holt says he was walking his dog when two mummers in red, white, and blue outfits who were urinating in the alley began shouting homophobic slurs. Uh, I you know, turned over to the guy just to kind of say, like, you know, cool, cool your jets, buddy. And his buddy jumped in, foxed me in the face. You know, it was a a big disaster. The city and us, you know, put out such an effort to showcase Philadelphia's diversity and the city's commitment to showcasing that diversity. Like, that was like, all the work that we just did was just like, everybody just forgot about that. 
The alleged defensive acts didn't end there. Comics Brigade really Sam R. Strutters performed their act Siesta to Fiesta with brown painted faces. Another brigade wore taco costumes and sombreros and painted their faces brown. If that makes you happy, then do it. <laughs> David Pena kind of shrugged it off. It's not me what they're doing. It's not me because I'm not, I'm not a taco. The San Mateo Carnivaleros no longer march in the Mummers Parade. A lot of immigrants like me and everybody else, we worked that day. So not everybody free to be over there. Plus, when it comes down to it, David would rather just put his time and money into his own parade on Cinco de Mayo. That day, we forgot everything. Only we won, dancing, have fun, and be happy. None of the other groups from the Philadelphia Division march in the parade anymore either. After the mess that was 2016, Jesse Engard was devastated. That was my experiment, and sadly I feel like it failed, and that it doesn't speak well for institutions in general because everything is built from white supremacy. Once again, he'd called on Mummer's leaders to punish the offending brigades. People from your group were spotted, like, violently assaulting somebody in the neighborhood. You know, it's like, how can you not make a big deal about this? They brushed him off. And I was like, no, that's not going to fly. Like, if you're not going to talk to them about it and you're not going to make a big deal about this, you know, then I'm gone. Jesse decided that the next year, 2017, would be his last in the parade. And he was going to go out with a bang. When we return, Jesse makes the next parade one that the mummers will never forget. Stay tuned. Welcome back. After trying and failing to make the Philadelphia mummers more inclusive, Jesse Engard and his group, the Rabble Rousers, they got some shit to say. All right, here comes the best mummer skit that I can imagine making at this point. New Year's Day, 2017. Well, in 2017, you would have seen a a giant toilet rolling down the street with a big poop coming out of it. Dancing around, blowing kisses to the crowd. Three British-looking judges with powdered wigs on dance over to the anthropomorphic poop and pin a first-place ribbon on it. They, like, give first place to the shit, who really represented, like, everything that the mummer stands for that is awful. And so everybody joins in a big old dance at the end felt really good. It felt like a a ritual, like a ritual to banish this stuff. Mummers leaders did not get the joke. And one writer in the Philadelphia Inquirer actually singled them out in print. All right, let me find it. Uh, This was the single most tasteless thing I have seen in 40 years of parade watching. 
I, I mean, like, you're going to call a toilet with poop coming out of it that is making everyone laugh more offensive than racist, transphobic, all the shit that's happened. And that is, like, exactly our whole point. Jesse stayed true to his word and left the parade after 2017. I'm done doing that capital M mummers stuff. I'm into like the lowercase mummers, you know, like I just want to do the door to door, marching around the neighborhood and, and getting people involved and just having a good time. He's been helping build community gardens in North Philly. He directed a parade for an LGBTQ community center. And he even organized a brass band to march in Kensington on New Year's Day. Do you miss the Mummers? Yeah. The Mummers is definitely the most fun I've ever had. The parts of it where it's just people dancing and people being goofy and making people smile and making people scream and having a good time, having a memorable time, remembering like a year gone by, you know, that's, that's pretty important. It's like a birthday for everybody. I mean, why else are we living in a city if we can't just like like pour out onto the streets and party together, you know, like every once in a while, at least, you know, it's like. Left, right, left, right. Wiggle, 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 wiggle. (laughs) Wait, wait, is that a shimmy or a wiggle? As for the vaudevillains, Al and Melissa choose to stay. Have you ever been in a room with 80 other adults and... And some children. (laughs) And some children. And in unison, like, did... Did a dance, like, that is, like, even more ridiculous than the electric slide, and you're all, like, have the most serious, concentrated looks on your face because you're trying so hard to get your moves right. (laughs) And then it's over, and you look around, (laughs) and it's just, like, the most hilarious. We did that. We really did that. Giving up that joy feels like surrender. Going down Fifth Street and like seeing like kids come out and they're like Mexican or Southeast Asian kids. These kids are like waking up and it's New Year's Day and like this is the first thing they see in the new year and it's us like going down the street and like this music and like dancing and glitter and like that's awesome. There are definitely mummers of color, not many. But they are there. So I'm, um, I'm Filipino and very visibly brown. As far as we know, Al is the only person of color in a leadership position in the parade. Do you ever think about that? I do think about it. How do I feel about it? It feels uh, lonely. I'm here, though. So there's, there's that. That's not making headlines. <laughs> I'm hoping... <laughs> That other POC folks who ha- who do want to who would have thought about joining who would like to join about something like that can see me and be like, okay, I could see myself here maybe. It's been a tradition as old as Philadelphia itself, and I think that the structural racism, homophobia, misogyny that is present in these displays that happened during the parade are the same structural racism, misogyny, homophobia that's in every institution in America. And to say that we're just going to throw this out 
is a total cop-out and it's not actually doing the work that you need to do to disentangle those problems from the institutions in which they live. Seven oh two. Now today is the big day. The Philadelphia Mummers Parade will. Twenty twenty two was the first time the Mummers had marched down Broad Street in two years, after COVID canceled the parade for the first time since the Great Depression. We saw some high kicks. I'm telling you, they're the highest they've ever been. Crowds packed the bleachers by City Hall to watch the Mummers do their thing. But a few blocks away from City Hall was a different story. I mean, I've been going out in this thing since I'm 10, I'm 66. And you've never seen it like this? Never. I've never seen this place like this. Have you? Streets that are normally impossible to walk down on New Year's Day were basically empty. And the vaudevillains were nowhere to be seen. Guys, thank you all for coming here. Like, it's been, um, it's been a really, really hard year. A few days earlier, the vaudevillains had all gotten together in a parking lot. We as captains had decided to drop out, and we were about to make the big announcement to the group. And Al and I were crying and holding hands. Yeah, we were definitely holding hands. (laughs) I feel like it might be the responsible thing to drop out. COVID cases were surging. And suddenly, marching with thousands of people didn't seem safe. The parade would just have to go on without them. We wanted to, like, have everyone here to see your beautiful faces and to, like, experience joy (laughs) of of, uh, being together right now. Um, About 20 people were gathered in the parking lot. The theme of their performance was germs, so some people were in costume. Sequin blazers, frilly pants, funny hats. How's everyone feeling? I'd, I'd still like to dance. (laughs) Everyone circled up around Al and Melissa. They organized themselves into rows. And then we like just had a mini spontaneous dance party. The Mummers Day Parade is on schedule for January 1st, 2023. And the vaudevillians, Al and Melissa, they'll be there. The costume groups include mushroom fairies, gators. What's the other? Waterfowl. Waterfowl. We have waterfowl. So it kind of starts out with the jazzercising ants. This story is produced by David Exame and John Facile. Additional field production by Daisy Love James. The original score was by Renzo Gorio. Big thanks to the Mama's Parade and everyone who was in this story. Happy New Year's from Snap Judgment. Now, Snappers, I thought that it would be interesting for us to talk to the fellows who made this show happen, who produced this show for Snap, uh, John Facile. David Exame, John, 
you are a longtime resident. At least you were. You lived in Philly for a long time. I lived outside of Philadelphia, near Westchester. Philadelphians will be quick to note. It's not Philadelphia, but I have family in South Philadelphia. And yeah, I grew up uh, going to this parade pretty much. What is your emotional relationship to it? What's your first memories of it? Just being uh, out on the street and it being cold. And I think I was with my uncle. Just glitter and dancing and fun and and it being a real family affair. You were excited to go? Oh, yeah. And you are a white guy. That's also true. (laughs) And David, you are not a white guy. Never have been. And you didn't grow up around this at all? No, in a way you could say I also grew up just outside of Philly, just on the other side of the Delaware River in um, in Jersey. Never, never saw this parade before. And I distinctly remember texting a friend from home when I went to report on this. And I texted her. I'm like, oh, I'm you know going to cover the Mummers Parade. And she just sent back, oh, I know about them, dot, dot, dot. It was very... Uh, that was ominous. It 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 kind of was when you when this this friend was this friend um from uh, was she a person of color was it from a marginalized group or was this someone who just had feelings? I mean, she came from she's 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 a queer woman, but not a person of color. I uh, yeah, so I think that um, people from the LGBT community were also kind of apprehensive about. Um, the Mummers Parade. And I just, and you all, you heard people struggling with their participation in something that had brought them so much joy. And I guess my big question is, um, what did you expect? Oh, that's such a great question. I'm going to need to think about that for a second. I think what was surprising for me was how real that struggle was. You know, like you hear Jesse Engard really grapple with it. It's something that I think he loves and hates in equal measure. And and that was a kind of a stark reality to confront. You know, I grew up in that area. There is a lot of racism. Um, just it, it, it legit pissed me off when I would hear people defend blackface. And and I did encounter that people saying we just we just that was just what we did. That was what my dad did. And and I would say most mummers, you know, you got a lot of like really reasonable and talented people in that parade, particularly in like the 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 groups with high, the higher performance bars, like the string band. You got to be really talented and practice a lot to be in a string band. You got to same thing with the fancy brigades. It's a big show. I guess I got to push back here as well. Mm-hmm. Are you suggesting that it's the people who don't put in the time? that are the ones that are giving this parade a bad name. You know what pissed me off? The fact that that is, like, not the case. People have put active time, money, resources, planning. There are probably spreadsheets on spreadsheets of the best paper to use to put Jim Crow's face on a stick and march it through Broad Street. That, I think, pisses me off more than anything. Because you could have used your brain for so many things. You could have done anything. And the fact that this is what you're sticking with and this is what you're backing up angers me just as much as the fact that you did it in the first place. Are you suggesting that we have a sanitized, um, cleaned up Mummers Parade? And if we did, wouldn't that really be no Mummers Parade at all? 
Well, no, I don't. I don't think that's true. Um, I think the Mummers Parade. Its mission is joy. Certainly, um, being in blackface would bring a lot of people joy if they saw it. (laughs) (laughs) And isn't that what it's all about? I mean, we can't um, be everything to everybody. Certainly, there's got to be a place, doesn't there, for a historical parade that purposefully sees itself as a link to a city's historical past. Why shouldn't they display that historical past they're celebrating? Well, okay, if you really wanted to do a version of the Mummers Parade that was linked to the historical past, you wouldn't have blackface or you wouldn't have this minstrel stuff in it because this tradition goes back to at least the 1600s and probably longer because it comes from much older European traditions. And the blackface element um, and the the other elements that they adopted from minstrel culture, like Mummer's strut down Broad Street. Well, their strut is just the cakewalk. You know, that's straight from minstrelsy. That didn't come about until um, until the minstrel era. So, like the the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Back in its original form, it was just people getting dressed up, being silly. And going from neighbor's house to neighbor's house, trying to get a drink, trying to perform like a lewd skit, um, just it was much more of a community thing. And these, you know, so if you were to really go back to what it originally was, it would look a lot like what Jesse Engard is doing at the end of the piece, which is, you know, organizing um, neighborhood celebrations, essentially. Part of the reason I was so happy to talk to members of the VOD villains is because they are kind of the people that are sticking to the very core silly things that bring them joy. And when I talked to Melissa and Al, it didn't seem to come from a place of deflecting, you know, the serious stuff that was happening. Um, We can have our joy. We can have our parade. We can have our festivities. And we don't have to have all these things um, the the hate for various communities interwoven in our march down the street. I would say, yeah. Yeah. The parade is about to happen right now as we're recording this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the 2023 Mummers Parade is about to occur. What do you expect? And if you were there, would you go? Oh man, of course I would go. Mm. I would. I'm expecting. I don't know why, but I feel like there's gonna be a lot of like, like Lady Gaga interpolations on string bands. I don't know why that's the first artist that comes to mind, but I feel like she would make for a great Mummers Day. It's a healing, a healing performance. Yeah, I think I'd go, and if I didn't have to report, then I could, then I could live it up a little bit. So maybe I, yeah, I think I would go. <laughs> All right. Again, David, John, thank you very, very much. Yeah, go Sixers. Again, we'd like to thank the entire community that helped us make this piece, that told us things that we wanted to hear, and even those who told us things that we didn't want to hear. Thank you. Yes, 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 another snap, another journey. 
no flight plan needed but if you need to book another trip at any time just head on over to your personal concierge it's called the snap judgment podcast hours of adventure await for free on any podcast platform and if you want to join the snap conversation know that snaps on twitter on facebook on instagram do not miss a beat snap is brought to you by the team that is always up for parade including the uber producer mr mark ristich and rest assured he will not be in blackface there's nancy lopez pat masini miller david Exman, anna sussman renzo gorio shana sheely taylor decott flo wiley john facile marissa dodge bo walsh amy Nguyen, and zara norbosh And you may have heard that this is not the news. No way is this the news. In fact, you could get you a card and a sign and go in front of City Hall and try to pass off your sloppy joes as Philly cheesesteaks. And when you receive the beating you justly deserve, you would still, even then, not be as far away from the news as this is. But this is PRX. PRX.